Hey guys, guess which Gemma this is? Yeah, that's right, it's Gemma from the future. Before this episode starts, I just wanted to let you all know that there were a few technical issues with this episode, so please don't hold it against us. Basically, what happened is is that um, we obviously recorded using Skype, and Skype sometimes has glitches, which unfortunately it did on this occasion as well. So I've tried to tidy up the audio as best as possible, but there are still a couple of crackles and pops. And obviously, uh, Snap decided not to make an appearance, which was nice of him. Anyway, um, also Andy's mic decided to turn itself off again. So that was fun. So for the last, say, 20, 25 minutes, Andy's audio does change slightly. So because obviously, luckily, I was recording as well. So I'm sorry about this and you probably don't even notice any difference, but I wanted to put this disclaimer out there just so that you could all hear that at least I tried. Okay, well, on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Talking Codswallow podcast live from Southwest England, home of murder, torture, and the bubonic plague. This is Jiggy, stand-up comedian from New York City. I hope you enjoyed this episode and all episodes of Talking Codswallop. Mahalo. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I I just like the fact that you focused on me, your bride. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to this week's Talking Codswallop. I am Gemma. I'm James. And I'm Andy. And with us today, we've got a returning guest. And it's actually quite ironic because this is episode 74, which is the number that uh, What Say You podcast actually died. (laughs) So someone who's good, not technically died, but you know, it it stopped um, recording. So somebody who's actually connected to two chaps on that podcast is... Jiggy! Yeah, we're international. Let's do it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But yeah, it was quite funny when I actually looked it up because, like, episode 74 was the last one that they recorded. So I was like, awesome. I guess that makes sense. It's the end of Nugget, the true end of Nugget for all the What Say You listeners out there. Yes, indeed. But now I'm back in the flesh here, live. Yes. yes. Are you guys all live in the same place in the UK? No, no. We're all we're all in different parts. Yeah. So he's our northern representative. Yes, uh, Gemma true. is our southwestern representative, and I'm the southern representative. Southern, yeah. Well, it's so funny. England is so small. You guys could probably just like take a bicycle to each other's house, and you'll still be there in ten minutes. <laughs> Pretty much, depending <laughs> on traffic. <laughs> well, me and Andy are about two and a half hour drive, maybe three hour drive if there's traffic. Okay, so it's not too bad. Not bad. And well, me and James, we are probably about. Five hours, I'd say. Probably about that, yeah. Yeah. Further than I thought. Yes. Yes, if I cycled, I'd die, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely would, because I can't ride a bike. (laughs) So, that's an interesting fact about me. (laughs) 
Yeah, obviously you are a returning guest, Jiggy, so thank you ever so much for coming back on the show. Yeah. It was episode 22 was the last time that you recorded with me, and we're on now 70... Mm. What's I just said? 75? So 74. 75? 74? 4, 5. Yeah. It's, all, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. So anyway. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. In this- With age, you lose your memory. <laughs> so we're in the 70s now. So obviously, you know, we've come so far. <laughs> I've gained two men. So, you know, I'll just do a quick introduction for you. So you've got Andy, who's on camera. And then you've got James, so you know them. Mystical James. James is like the Wizard of Oz. You can only hear his voice. <laughs> yes, and behind the curtain. <laughs> behind the curtain in Northern England. Indeed. Yep. <laughs> Very intimidating. And for once, it's not raining. So we're having lovely, wonderful, sunny weather in the north. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, he's miserable because of that. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so happy it's untrue. <laughs> Scared because it's not wet, but happy. <laughs> Uh, the, the midgets will descend soon, aren't they? <laughs> well, not in Scotland, thank God, or I'll be a uh, gone. <laughs> Jiggy, just let you know your um. We've got we can see your chin, but nothing above it. You can see my chin. I but can nothing see above uh, it. Really? Or was that just me? I can. Oh right, I can, I can see, see him see. completely. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I've removed you. Now I can see Jiggy. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I can't see Gem anymore. <laughs> Don't take it personally, Jem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were uh, you were absolutely perfect anyway, Jiggy. <laughs> it was just me. All I could see was basically from Jiggy's chin downwards. That's all I could see. That's usually how I photograph. I photograph best <laughs> when you can only see my chin. <laughs> what area were you focusing on then? His chin? <laughs> nice pecs. Right here. <laughs> It was those guns and those pecs. <laughs> oh, I know, right? I've been working out. I do push-ups. I do a couple push-ups a day. I'm admiring my stretch marks. <laughs> <laughs> and when I run on my bingo wings, they flap around. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We can get you. We'll get you into shape. We got. I'm not in shape either. I gotta. I gotta start working out more. Hit the gym. Yeah. I'm definitely not in shape. So I need to just do it completely. <laughs> I need to start just doing something and then I'll I'll get myself sorted. But there you go. You can't improve on perfection, can you? And I know I just flicked <laughs> I know I just flicked my hair. Yeah. So I was I like, yeah, yeah. Carol. But I didn't mean it like that, but it just happened to happen. Jiggy, how we usually start the show nowadays is we in England, we've got a saying, because obviously, you know, the podcast is called Talking Codswallop. So there's a saying, which is called What a Load of Codswallop, which basically it means it's kind of like our little section where we can have a little moan about certain things that might have annoyed us. So I didn't know, did you fancy taking part in that? Is there anything that's annoyed you this week? Yeah. Complaining? I love to complain. Okay. Are you kidding me? Okay, fantastic. Well, has there been anything this week or in general that has annoyed you or? Um, let's see. This week, what really annoyed me? Huh. Well, I took a bus. Sometimes I have to take bus to travel to shows and I was so annoyed. The bus started late. So they left late. They left 20 minutes late mm. and then we were in an hour and a half of traffic and then the guy pulled over to make an extra rest stop. So we ended up being two and a half hours late. And then the guy, the driver got out of the bus. Mm -hmm. He was driving the bus in sandals. Oh my God. Oh, oh okay. no. Please tell me he wasn't wearing socks as well. Two and a half hours late. <laughs> no, just straight sandals. I don't even think that's legal. Never mind with like 60 people on a bus. Mm. And we're two and a half hours late. And I had to smell his feet. I knew something smelled bad. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> well, 
You thought someone was smuggling camembert. <laughs> at least, like I, at least, like Andy just said. I don't know if you heard him, but at least he. I'm assuming he wasn't wearing socks and sandals. No, he was just he was bare bone. Yeah, straight down to the skin, <laughs> straight down to his his paws down there. Ugh, cheesy oh. feet. <laughs> Not good. No. But who's a, who? Like drives a bus in sandals? I've never even heard of that. I don't. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that's a very safe move at all. I like. I can't. I, I occasionally drive my own car with no other passengers in sandals but it's different that's different i haven't got 60 other people's lives to think about do you know what i mean no i mean you can just take you can take out the people around you but nothing in your car yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) female driver (laughs) the only justifiable pair of sandals that you could drive in would be a good solid pair of birkenstocks well those are like not truly a sandal that falls into another category i think that's like a laced open toe <laughs> velcro yeah. or it's like it's it's bound to your foot yeah. <laughs> he was wearing dang flip-flops like yeah. oh he was gonna go down to the southwest london or whatever and go to the beach south too risky oh but that's that's one pothole away from having a flip-flop jammed under the accelerator yeah definitely yeah and then and then it turns into speed too greyhound <laughs> <Yeah>. bus <laughs> and, and who's the brave person who's putting his face in a flip-flop to unjam it i know and i i was sitting towards the front of the bus so i got the full whiff of everything not good oh beautiful that was my cod swallop of the week yeah was it as a <laughs> as a newbie and do it you did a very good uh very good yeah, job that was with a good that one, one. <laughs> Yeah, not good. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. On, Am I going to see? Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Thank- bless you. God, an international international bless you from, from three people. Wow. Yes. <sighs> I feel blessed. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Do you know what, actually? That is, isn't my codswallop this week, but actually that is a codswallop of mine. It really annoys me when people sneeze and nobody random says, bless you. There's a, there's an old joke about that. There's a, you know, you guys ever watch Dane Cook? Uh, not personally. No. no. Dane Cook has a joke about that. He goes, I don't say bless you because I'm not the Lord or something like that. It's just like very funny. <laughs> it's a funny bit. I'm not doing it. <laughs> well, I think I do it because like I've watched, have you ever seen Dogma by Kevin Smith? Yes. He's going around and he's shooting all of the movies people. <laughs> and then there's that one girl that he was about to shoot because he didn't, she didn't say bless you. And so it's always like stuck in my mind. I'm like, you know, I can't have an evil. (laughs) Do you know where bless you comes from? No. Oh man, you're getting a straight education on this podcast. (laughs) So bless you comes from Europe, your native lands. It comes from Europe during the uh, bubonic plague. Okay. And, and when people would sneeze, they thought that they were sick with the plague uh, and so people would say bless you because they thought they were going to die soon oh, oh that that makes is interesting sense. yeah it's very interesting so it, it's kind of a morbid way of, we it continued into tradition but people said bless you because they thought yeah you're 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 with the dang plague you're you're one of those plaguers the more you know eh? thank you yeah bless your soul hope your life was good because you're you're about to be out yeah yeah basically you're fucked <laughs> <laughs> how's your wife doing is she sneezing yeah right <laughs> i hope so do you want to know another fun fact yes please the bubonic plague started in my hometown in way that is something to be proud i of. know <laughs> it's pretty much the only thing the southwest can be proud of <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Basically, it's just hundreds and hundreds of years of filthy conditions. And <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
have led you to that where you are now. Yeah, that's good to know. Is there a sign that says the home of the bubonic plane and it's like a an ironclad rat? <laughs> Diseased and do you know what I'm on his back? It's sadly not, sadly not. But I'm thinking that I'm gonna, you know, get some artists to do that. I can, I'm not arty <laughs> enough to do that myself. But I think I think that would be good. Yeah. You're missing a big tourism, the big tourism market of people who are just pl- uh, bubonic plague seekers. Yeah, crowdfunded. Exactly. Crowdfunded. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we um we've got like a big smuggling background in the area as well <laughs> you're smuggling you're, and the yeah. play you guys are just you guys are all hits over yeah. there rock and roll you're really selling it jim aren't you so some plague ridden area that's full of people are smuggling <laughs> but also the the southwest is also the home of the best cannonballs that could ever be produced when cannons were in in fashion mm. yep indeed really cannonball smugglers yep. the plague Oh my. Yeah. I clearly can't leave this town. <laughs> yeah, the dark Never. age is what a time to be alive in the southwest. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of a lot of death down there. Not a lot of death. I mean, I can see why you wouldn't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is, or is it just that you can't leave, Jim, because of that white cross painted on the door of your house? Yeah. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it's also known as the Jurassic Coastline, isn't it? It is. That way. Yeah. That's true. Jurassic Coastline? What do you guys have? Dinosaurs and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. So it's uh, basically that because there is a lot of sea around where I live, uh-huh. there is like, you know, things like dinosaur bones and like fossils and things like that. You, there's certain beaches you can go to and you can actually quite easily find them just laying on the ground wow only very small ones Hmm. however we have in our back garden we've got one of the big massive um is it an am am unite ammonite ammonite yeah we've actually got one of those in our back garden because my dad used to work at a prison so he was a prison officer and in the wall of one of the where they were digging or not digging that sounds awful trying to get out of prison but yeah sure yeah, yeah yeah they were um but they were doing some work anyway and they actually found it and the prisoners had like a lot of respect for my dad they actually dug it out and then they presented it to him which was kind of wow. nice you know excellent him a dinosaur bone no it was um it's a big it, it's kind it's of fossilized dinosaur poo, isn't it? No, it's a sea. Uh, it's a sea creature. Yeah, oh, yeah, it? it's a oh, sea okay. creature. So, what is it? It kind of looks like a massive snail shell. Mm. Oh, I like snails. Yeah, so it kind of has got that pattern to it, but it is actually prehistoric. Wow. So, so yeah, I mean, the prison, the plague, <laughs> dinosaurs, <laughs> cannonballs, yeah. hashtag. Southwest London. <laughs> Southwest England, yeah. Oh, Southwest England. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. It's just a lot. It's really a lot to offer. I mean, yeah. I don't even know if I'd have enough time to see all the sites between the cannonballs and the prison and the plague statue that yeah. needs to be built. Yeah. And the Mary Rose. Oh, yeah. True. Don't forget the Mary Rose. Yeah. A rotting wooden ship <laughs> has to be kept on, in sprayed in water to stop it from falling apart. And it's our greatest cultural. <laughs> heritage it's just the way you describe it a rotting ship a rotted <laughs> ship is there anything alive and thriving in this area or- oh fuck no, no. 
No. Just Jem. Not even the people. No. Yeah. We're all just heritage in this country now. It's all we've got left. But the other thing that I was going to say is we have got a CERN giant. Ooh, have you? Done what? A CERN giant. A sun giant. No, CERN. C-E-R-N-E. What's that? CERN? That's it, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm saying it with my accent, so that's probably why you can't hit understand, sorry. What's a CERN giant? Yeah. Right, okay. There's a village called CERN Abbas. Basically, it's on a massive field. There is an outline drawing of a naked man <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of the chalk. The chalk, yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. And um, it used to be a thing where women who wanted to be pregnant would walk up to the field and sit on a certain area, <laughs> and then they would, uh, yeah, then they would find out that they have conceived. Jiggy looks terrified about this. <laughs> Is that how you guys think babies work in Southwest England? <laughs> yeah, you get this yeah. sit on a sun goddess, and that's how it happens. Uh, it is, isn't it? I guess it might be. You have to ask the dinosaurs in the area. <laughs> the stalks are too progressive for us, basically. See, I'm I'm too lazy to find out. I can't be asked to walk up the hill, so... <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, a lot to see. Yeah, there is a lot to see. Yeah. <laughs> so make, make, make sure when you're on tour, you take at least two days... Hmm. Out in the southwest, <laughs> I will. Yeah, if I'm, I'm, if I'm looking to really just dive into depression, I know where to go. <laughs> just say, you, you will be traumatized. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe a third day just to recover from all the excitement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. You should live here. It's so exciting. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, we all, we all live in. Weird and wonderful places, I guess. So very true. Indeed. <laughs> so where whereabouts in New York do you live, Jiggy? I live in the East Village of Manhattan. So, Woo! <laughs> yeah. So if you look at Manhattan on a map, I'm in the kind of like southern eastern side of Manhattan, okay. and uh, in the East Village. Yeah. So I love it. I love it here. It's a, it's a really nice neighborhood and uh, a lot of activity, a lot of comedy stuff going on. So yeah. I feel like I'm in the center of the comedy world here, which is a good place to be. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, And it's all in pretty much in walking distance as well, I guess. From where you are, yeah. I mean, not 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 the whole city, but you know, there's a good amount of stuff that's walking distance. Comedy clubs, restaurants, bars. It's all kind of happening in this area. So Manhattan in general is uh is pretty good when it comes to proximity of things. So uh, yeah, it's a good place to be. Expensive though, expensive. Yeah. This place is not cheap. I'm like every time I get a price of something, I'm like, that eh, seems about ten times more than average. Mm. Like in the rest of the world, I even come to England and like even our exchange rate is not good, but it's still cheaper than New York. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine because well, I have been over to New York. Well, as you know, I've been to America a couple of times, but yeah, New York is so lovely, but it is expensive. Yeah, yeah. but then you go to other parts of uh, the states. Uh, for example, Florida. Yep. And Florida is like, everything seems like it's priced in the 1970s. It's like so nice. cheap. But that's why living in New York is uh, is a good thing, I guess, because everything seems like it's a discount. I have a friend uh, who has a great joke about that. He went to New Orleans to go get, uh, and he went to a bar to get a margarita. And he's like, it's going to be $3 for the margarita. And he's like, I'll have all the margaritas. <laughs> That's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> when you're not, when you're used to paying $20 yeah. for a so. Yeah, 
It is, yeah, definitely when you get to places. It's like when we go to London, everything is always more expensive in London, no matter where you live. Obviously, if you live in London, it's the norm. But yeah, anywhere else, I think it's like almost double, isn't it, the price? You had price shock when you saw uh, Ralph Garner. Oh, yes, I did. I um, Basically, I brought a cocktail, which came in a bottle like this. Excuse me. So, oh, that's just fun, isn't it? What is that? Does it have a cork? Yep. So, wow, pop that cork. Ta-da! Whoa, nice. <laughs> um, but basically, what happened was is that my drink was made in this. Okay. So the straws came out of this area here. So you stole that? Yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> that is so Southwest London, or England of England, you. England, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> London isn't our uh, <laughs> get London out of your head. <laughs> I've heard. Well, I've just. I think it gets caught in my mind because I've heard people say Southwest London, but I don't yes. think I've heard anyone ever say Southwest England. Right. Probably for all the above mentioned items. Yes. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think um, I've ever referred to myself as being in the Southwest. To be honest. I think I've only ever said that I was in the south. The south. Yeah, yeah but you're you're to the southwest. Andy likes to be pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, as as a southerner, you're the southwest. <laughs> I can't I can't even claim to be southeast. <laughs> <laughs> so they yeah, so they made this um, drink, and it took literally about fifteen minutes to make this cocktail. Better have been good. It was. It was really really nice, and of course because and then I realised that it cost. Thirty pound. What? Yeah. What? That's quite pricey for a drink. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah, that better have come with some stuff in it. Did, what did it? Did it have like? Were there like cheeseburgers in there? Or what was in there? <laughs> no. Thirty bucks. That better have like a full dinner. <laughs> yeah, it came with a full dinner, and uh, <laughs> no, it didn't. Unfortunately. How many sips was that then? Huh? How many sips was that? It is quite big, so it is. Uh, there was quite a lot in there, but it was also the Hilton. So, yes. yeah. yeah, so, but that was where the meetup was. So, you know, I couldn't sort of question it or anything like that. But, oh my God, I nearly killed over when I had to hand over the money. But um, at the same time, that's the reason why I then took the, the pot home with me. Because I was like, I yes. think this is what I've paid for, the £30. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so you snuck it in your bag or what did you do? I was quite subtle, I suppose, in my drunkenness that I <laughs> went to the loo and, uh, oh, the toilet, the restroom, whatever. Not well. No, no, didn't do anything like that. <laughs> you know, basically got a bit of tissue, made sure it was all dry and then snuck it in a carrier bag that I'd been carrying around and I uh, yeah, just walked out with it. <laughs> I think that's why girls seal more shit is because you guys always have bags on you. Exactly. Mm. Like, guys don't, I can't put like, I can't put a jug in my pocket. Oh, you no, know, this, like that's why you- this was, um, this was like a carrier bag. So like one that you would get from a shop. So a plastic bag. Yeah. Begs the question. Why did you have a carrier bag on you? Because I had been waiting around and I didn't want to go back to my hotel, which was the other end of London. So, but why did you have a carrier bag? Because I brought. Think she just answered your question. That's the most random thing to take to a meetup. Yeah. Did you have that in your purse? You had a carrier bag in your purse? No, no, because I brought stuff. So ah. I'd been to the shops and brought stuff. <laughs> so I just had visions of you going to Ralph Garman's meetup with a scrunched up carrier bag on the off chance you might need it i was like what could you possibly need a carrier bag at a meetup for dna samples you don't know what kind of drinks you're gonna get yeah or you could just keep them in your bra just take them out and 
You got a nice little bag there. Storage. <laughs> I'm not going to speak for a second, so there's a, a massive plane or whatever, a helicopter going over the top of my head. <laughs> well, it's, it's that or you're in the middle of an earthquake. Yeah. yeah. Very typical Southwest England vibes there. It's probably the military going to... It is, it definitely, yeah. it definitely sounded like a military... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was like a Canuck or something. Is it Canuck? Chinook, yeah. yeah. Chinook. Can, can, yeah. Fuck off! <laughs> 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 Thank you for your service. Now fuck off. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. we, we love our military. We, we love our military. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. So anyway, going back to the carrier bag. In this country, though, Jiggy, we do have to pay 10p per carrier bag. So although Andy was taking the mick out of me a second ago, or taking the joking at me a minute ago, <laughs> I actually do carry a plastic carrier bag around with me because I refuse to pay 10 pence every time I... <laughs> Do you know what? I'm so conditioned that when I was in Asbury Park at the beginning of the year, mm. when I went to the local bodega, I took my own carrier bag and I got the strangest look from the guy yeah. serving me. It was like, why did you bring your own bag? I've got lots here. And I was like, yeah. I've got my own. And he still put it into his own bag and just handed me the... Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, in the United States, uh, it depends on the state that you're in. Like California, for example, charges for bags, but most states don't yet. But like, um, they're like the most like I guess environmentally friendly state. Yeah, yeah. We don't do it in New York yet. What the hell were you doing in Asbury Park? I was there for um, the Super Duper Bowl put on by calling the shots, and uh, there was the PBR guy was there. Joe and um, Casey were there. Brian Johnson was there, and uh, Ming was there, Mike was there. So yeah, it was a star-studded uh, event for the Super Bowl. He had the Super Bowl on in the background and they were doing podcast episodes during each quarter. Oh, that's pretty cool. I was going to say, randomly stumbled upon Asbury Park, that really random. <laughs> yeah, just, just I was in the area. Yeah. <laughs> it was that step where it was really cold in uh, just for the Super Bowl and then the weekend after it, it went into uh, the warm spring temperatures in, in New York. It was about sort of 70 degrees or something. And my Patriots won the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Gotta love the Patriots. Good. Well, I'm glad you saw it in the States. It's more fun to watch the Super Bowl here. Mm. It was a great night. Yeah, it sounds fun. Uh, Jiggy, on, a, on another sporting front, it was interesting when you were last on Talking Codfell, you were discussing you know, our, our football at the time. But obviously, big congratulations, because it was World Cup thing when you were chatting to Gemma. So big congratulations to the American ladies team. Yeah, no one in the United States cares. No. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares. To be fair, I don't think we really care here very much. But, you know, extending the hand of friendship. They did a big parade, air quotes on that in new york city i think there was like 17 people there everyone's like no okay <laughs> it's uh it's people want to think they care but no one cares. Hmm. i don't even think people watched it i didn't even know i honestly didn't even know what was happening but anyway it's a lot bigger deal when uh if it, they, another country had won i'm sure if like mm -hmm. the brazilian women would have won it would have been like this country mm -hmm. would have shut down but in america we just don't care about soccer in general and then you know women's soccer gets even less attention mm than like men's soccer which isn't much anyway so but yeah congrats i'm glad they won but <laughs> i i really Not don't scared. care either <laughs> <laughs> i hate sports in general uh, yeah 
<laughs> I don't watch a lot of soccer. I'm kind of a chameleon when it comes to watching soccer, though, because uh, you know if I'm watching with people who really care about it, mm-hmm. I can get into it. But I, I don't seek it out. Like I've never turned on a soccer match in my life. I think the only soccer match I I really wanted to watch was actually England mm-hmm. when they were in the World Cup. I was rooting for y'all because um, you know y'all were like underdogs, and I thought you were gonna win. I forget who you lost to, but. I did put that game on, but that's the only game in my entire life that I've ever like yeah. seeked out to watch. And you watched it with Darren Wearmouth as well, didn't you? I watched one game with Darren, which you won, and then the next game that you lost, I watched alone. And I thought that I was like the good luck charm because we won when I watched with Darren, and then I was like, I got to keep watching because Darren's like, you're the good luck charm. Uh, I didn't know I had a whole nation riding on me. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch it, and they lost. Because I remember you saying in the episode that you were touching words, you had your fingers crossed, like, uh, you know, and all that. But, um, yeah, you obviously jinxed us, unfortunately. <laughs> Somehow. some uh, Something happened along the way that unfortunately led to your demise. But no. I do like watching. The World Cup is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of – I like to go for the underdogs. And for me, like, I'll – Obviously, like it would be nice if the United States did well or be in it. Last time they weren't even in it, and then my next team would probably be England. I like watching the British play. Yeah, cool. I do want to apologise to America that you now seem to have adopted Love Island from us. <laughs> on behalf of uh, my countrymen, uh, I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd say that's vindication for all the shit we've had to inherit. <laughs> <laughs> I um I, I watched Love Island because of the podcast last time. It blew me away. Uh, I did not really care for it. And but when, when for this season, I haven't even touched it. I haven't even gone. No, me neither. No, uh, I've never seen it. Nor do I ever wish to see it. So. <laughs> yeah. Your best export when it comes to entertainment, hands down. I would argue with you all day about it. Uh, your best British export for entertainment is Gordon Ramsay by far. <laughs> <laughs> What? You don't look pleased there, Gemma. I'm, I'm confused. I thought you loved Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, he. I'm sure he's a very good chef, but, uh, yeah, you just don't <laughs> need to swear that much. You don't need oh, to swear. You do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, uh, Hell's Kitchen is one of my favorite shows. I love watching Hell's Kitchen. And, yeah, I think he's great. I mean, could you give me another British entertainment export that i should like better than that like carly xjx or something <laughs> jake would say the beatles yeah uh well uh, i mean listen we're not all old timers yeah. uh R- <laughs> ricky gervais no eddie is off or or billy Connolly, well, actually mm, yeah we're all just going with old stuff though <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going with popular british acts but i if i named any three of those two ricky gervais maybe people would know about but most Americans have no idea about uh, Eddie Izzard or have no idea, couldn't name you one joke of uh, Richie Gervais. And I don't even know the third right. guy you mentioned. Oh, Billy Connolly is a Scottish comedian. He's very funny. Well, it, does, it doesn't translate for a lot of the Americans. So I'm saying overall British entertainment yeah. that crosses yeah. over, that people can quote, Gordon Ramsay has the best. <laughs> even Mary Berry, one of my favorites. Most people don't even know her. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a sad it's a sad fact. <laughs> oh, who is the other guy? Who is that? Who is like the guy who was like the pop artist from like the late nineties? The guy 
He's on a residency in Vegas, and I get an email every damn day about it. Elton? Robin. Oh, no. no Rob- <laughs> oh, Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams. Yeah. Oh, fuck him. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He could be a distant relative of mine, James. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck him. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay, you got Robbie Williams, Gordon Ramsay. Okay. What about Jamie Oliver? Is he? He's a bit of a twat over here, but because he tries to change school dinners. Hey, Andy, America's the only place that's still got his restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie Oliver. Yeah. 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 Because he went down really badly, didn't he? Gordon Ramsay's restaurants are good, though, right? I've never eaten that in one, to be honest. Cause, yeah, I think he ha- he has the money. Gordon Ramsay pub <laughs> restaurants, and then he has like his fancy restaurants in London. But they're they're probably a little pricey, I'm sure. Yeah, that's the only problem. Like it would be a massive like treat night kind of thing, you know. Like it would be a special occasion if I was to go to it, because I imagine that the cost would be quite a lot. So yeah, and you'd need to know you want to go to it about five years before you want to go as well. Because they mm. typically have long waiting lists, don't they? Yeah. My, I've never been to them, but my father has, and they are, his stuff's good. That's when my dad's been in London for work, but yeah, good restaurant. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I would go. I would definitely go to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. I would not go to a Robbie Williams restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> not even for the karaoke. Uh, yeah, but to be fair, it could be an improvement over his singing. While you're on the subject of talking about food and things like that did you want to talk about your cooking with jiggy yeah it's a live event i do them i have a monthly residency here in new york city doing these events and also do them on the road in the united states yeah it's a it's a pretty unique event so i cook three courses with the help of the attendees at the event we usually cook something different every time and at the end of the dinner i do a full stand-up show that's a a private stand-up show and we have like wine and beer pairings depending on what the meal is. And it's a, uh, yeah, it's a full interactive dinner comedy type event that's, uh, I think pretty unique for the comedy world. So I don't know any other comedians doing that sort of thing in live events. Nice. It does seem quite unique. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, it combines for me two things that I really love to do, which is cooking and comedy. And, and they're also very visceral, uh, just, just things that people, you know, need in their life. Everyone needs to eat. Everyone needs to laugh, in my opinion. So yes. uh, the event, uh, the event kind of combines the two in a way that makes it fun and different, you know. Yeah, which is really good. And because um, I had a quick look on your website, it's jiggycomedy.com, isn't it? Yes, yeah. I I had a quick look on there to sort of before we started recording, and it's sort of catering up to about twenty to twenty five people. Is that correct? Yeah, I think the events serve uh, are are best served for about that amount. I've done them for. Uh, more and I've done them for slightly less, but I, anywhere I've done them for about, you know, 10 to 15 people, which is it, the less people, the more interactive it is on the cooking side. Yeah. Uh, but the more people, the better for the comedy show side. Yeah. Uh, having a, a balance of the two. So, um, but I've had great private little shows for 15 people, you know, and I've had, I've done cooking events for up to 60 people. So it really just depends on the size of the venue and how much time we have to prep. And what, what people are willing to do to help out with the cooking part. But they've, they're always fun. They're always a little, a little bit different. And, uh, yeah, but the size kind of fluctuates with that too. And how do you prepare the, the dishes? I mean, like, yeah. how do you choose them? Do you base it on the, you know, how the show's going to be attended or on the, the local area? What I look at mostly is the time of year. Uh, and then second, I look at how many people are coming. So, um, summertime, I'm not going to do something like a, I'm not going to do like a French onion soup when it's like 500 degrees out. 
So, yeah. you know, you just have to, you have to look at like the time of year and trying to use ingredients that are fresh and also the fresher the ingredients, uh, actually save money too by buying locally and fresh. So yeah. I, I try to look at the time of year as in primarily and then also how many people we have coming to make something that, uh, is doable to prepare for everyone. But I just did one in Boston that was a barbecue. So, uh, everything was cooked outside, but we've done everything from prime rib to barbecue to fish using the grill, baking, pasta, Italian, American, all different types of cuisine. Is there something you've, sorry, go on, Andy. Is there something you've always wanted to do, but just haven't been able to either because you, you know, you've done the, the equipment or you just, you just don't want to do it live? Um, hmm, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, honestly, I kind of felt that way about doing a big prime rib, uh, cause it's so risky. I, I, I've, I've cooked, I've never roasted a prime rib for 20 people before and it was very intimidating because mm -hmm. if you fuck that up like the whole dinner is screwed up you know what i mean like mm -hmm. you you can you can like if you if you overcook the prime rib there's nothing else that can come behind it whereas like if you burn one burger on the grill like you know you just make another one it's not it's not a big deal but doing one like big entree that's cooked one way is risky so uh i just did that like 2 months ago and it was uh, it came out great, thank God. So that was one thing that I wanted to do was put all my eggs in one basket for an entree and uh, roast something off, and it came out great. Oh, that's good brilliant. Band. Excellent. And, um, you know, when people are obviously booking, because they have to sort of book before, uh, you know, when you're in the area, sort of they have to book, you know, it's not just a turn up and you're always going to be in a location or whatever, but do you ask people to, like, pre-order? Pre-order the a dish or pre-order, yeah, like, like meals and stuff or is it you just literally you you have an idea of what the menu is going to be and then you go for it that way uh the i keep the menu kind of secretive because what i found is that the the more information i give on what the menu is the more opinions come into it so yeah. <laughs> you know i i don't think people come to my cooking events for like this michelin star dining experience i mean i think you come to them because you want to have fun and yeah. it's uh it's a it's a dinner party type atmosphere so just in the same way if you go to a friend's house and they invite you for dinner you're not like can you submit me a menu it's like you, you go over and you enjoy what it is the only thing that i do is i i do put in like the tickets that if you have like a dietary restriction like just email me and give me a heads up and you'd be surprised how many people wait until like 15 minutes before dinner to be like oh yeah i'm vegetarian and i'll be like oh yeah well it doesn't matter now <laughs> yeah. yeah here's some steak <laughs> yeah eat around I've, it yeah i've got a gluten intolerance oh well this pizza's not gonna go down well <laughs> a vegan gluten intolerant someone emailed me recently and they're like i just wanted to let you know that i'm uh i'm not eating carbs and I was just like, what the hell does that mean? Everything has carbs in it. What am I supposed to do? Not feed you like lettuce? Everything has a carb in it. Even if I cooked all vegetables, there's carbs in vegetables. I laughed out loud at that one. Um, you know, I try to take the dietary restrictions. Like there's a huge range of dietary restrictions, like of people who can like literally get sick uh, yeah. or like deathly allergic to something. And someone who has like a Hollywood fad type thing where they're like, I'm not eating tomatoes this month it's like well no. you know i don't know what do you want me to do about it yeah it's a bit like i've um i've said either on the podcast or to these two guys definitely like i don't like garlic and i really really don't like garlic but at the same time if i was going to an event like this and you cook something in garlic i would still sit there and politely eat it 
you know, I wouldn't, it's not, it's not an allergy type thing for me. It's just mm. something I, I don't particularly like. But at the same time, you know, I'm just going to sit there and just get on with eating. <laughs> yeah. I guess I, I, I think most people are cool about it. Like I only get like a few, like only like 5% of people give me any type of like restriction to begin with. And, and I honestly yeah. try to like do the best job possible to, to have options available for everyone. But, in this day and age, like it seems like everyone has some type of like dietary restriction. And if for twenty people, I would have to cook twenty different things based on like Jim doesn't eat gluten and Mike doesn't eat fish and this guy doesn't mm. eat this. It's like, you know, at some point you just have to like go with what you're making and just feel good about it. And and if, if they yeah. can't eat part of it, then they can't eat part of it. So what? Yeah. yeah. I guess that's it. You've, you've got to make it clear to everyone. Look, I'm doing this for the majority. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, for example, like the, this kid was actually cool about it, but he was like, I'm on a keto diet, so I can't have bread. And I was like, what the, you know, I was doing a chicken parm for one dinner and he's like, I'm, I can't have the breading on the chicken parm. And like, I just made everything. So. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't like I can pick it off. And he's like, all right, pick it off. So I like had to pick off breading of a chicken breast. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's just part of the business. I guess. He probably could have just done that himself as well. They could be. Yeah, he absolutely could have. Yeah. Please tell me you got a butler to serve him in a silver dish <laughs> and just lifted yeah, it up and just presented it to him because that's an arsehole. Your peeled chicken sir yeah yes <laughs> and to spread the, the the napkin over his lap is there anything else i could do to be of service sir? yeah just to have enough wine but the events are like they're really fun like i think people leave uh thinking that they they definitely experience something out of the norm and uh and that's what i'm trying to do is just is combine things i love to do and, and make uh, you know interesting nights out and um so we're, we're trying to scale those up and and do them you know more on the road and tour with that and also uh, come up with a way to to bring more people into it and so you can do them for 100 200 300 people uh which is a lot of fun uh, I, I did it on the impractical jokers cruise for about 300 people yeah i was one of the people watching so yeah that, it was a, such a fun event and i'd like to duplicate that on, on the road as well do you think you'll try and do that in london i would love to do it in london i mean i don't think it's going to happen on this trip but uh i'd love to do a cooking event in the uk for sure i have to ask as well with regards to the impractical jokers cruise and your uh, cooking with jiggy i can't remember if you did it a few times or not but i was there for one time when you were doing watermelon <laughs> you would you and Q were talking about the fact that there was pips and you were really surprised and I was like what kind of fancy ass watermelons do you guys have in New York because <laughs> they're always got pips wherever I go <laughs> what the hell is a pip we call them seeds oh the seeds seed, yeah. yeah the seeds the seeds but in the United States you don't see watermelons with seeds anymore. It's all wow. seedless watermelon. So it's been bred out. Yeah. we. I haven't had a seeded watermelon in 20 years, 15 years. I mean, I, you would have to go out of your way to find a watermelon with seeds in it now. We must sound like barbarians to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those heathens across the pond. <laughs> yeah. All of ours have got seeds. And mm. yeah. me and my friend Lucy, we were we were sat there and we were like, what? I'm really confused by by that because you know like obviously it's normal for us to sort of see them with the seeds so <laughs> like i said you have to go really out of your way in the states now to get a watermelon with seeds or if you had the option it doesn't make sense to get one with seeds when you can get them without oh yeah mm. absolutely i agree with that yeah don't have to be spitting seeds across the room do you <laughs> <laughs> No, although if you're outside on like a barbecue, I guess it could be fun. Yeah, be part of the game while you're drinking. See if you can spit yeah. it in the can. Sure. <laughs> There's something to do while you wait for your turn on the shuffleboard. Mm. 
Exactly. Very, <laughs> very much. Vacation activity. <laughs> Fun for all the family. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that. Because I bet grandma was, would have a, a, a good distance on her. Just <laughs> 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 take those dentures out. <laughs> Obviously, you've touched again upon the London show. That's again at the Star of Kings on the... 24th of August, is that correct? That's right. Yeah, we're back at yeah. Star of Kings. It is a, it's a Saturday night. It's actually my birthday show. So, yay. Uh, midnight that night. So, we're going to be just celebrating. And I think this is my fourth year and maybe fifth or, or sixth show over there. Uh, maybe more than that. I think I've done close to 10 shows in the UK, but this is my fourth year going. And um, it's I, all my London shows, with the exception of uh, a festival I was in. I've always been at this uh, venue. It's it's just really, it's a great little spot. It's a good place for comedy. It is. And yeah. uh, I'm really looking forward to coming back, celebrate my birthday with all you crazy British people. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember, because I went last year, obviously. Uh, not obviously, but I did go last year. And like when we were walking down the stairs, I was looking at all the soundproofing, like a nerdy podcaster, <laughs> you know, I was <laughs> going, oh, soundproofing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's uh, it the venue itself is below a very busy venue upstairs. So like, yeah. luckily there is soundproofing, but it's the whole building, the whole setup is great. And uh, the good thing is that it's a built-in after party. Uh, so I actually rent out the room for the whole night. So as we did last year, when the show is over, depending on the way you think about it, the night really just begins because we go in and we do karaoke and we hang out and drink and. Uh, it's a it's a full night, so it's a lot. I'm really looking forward to it. And this year, I actually I'm getting uh, cooking with Jiggy aprons. I'm bringing across the pond, so you guys can scoop ah. one of those up. Really um, awesome. Yeah, it's a. I thought aprons would be a fun thing to do. I brought them on the Joker's cruise, and uh, people seem to really like them. So I'm gonna I'm making up new ones for London that I'm gonna be bringing along with me. Oh, that's cool. And also with regards to because obviously the Impractical Jokers are coming over in October, and I just wondered, are you likely to be coming over again to do the opening, or is it that they usually get somebody over here to open for them? Um, I don't know how public it is, but they do have a an opener. Uh, if it's going to be the same opener that they had last year or two years ago when they toured there, so it's uh, I'm not going to be on the tour for October, unfortunately. But uh, last year I did do a book tour with James for his book release and I'm, I'm not sure if he's released any information on doing that again, but, uh, I don't know anything either, but hopefully I, you know, I can come back again before the year is out for sure. Yeah, that'd be good. Cause the reason I mentioned that is because actually Bournemouth is one of the venues. So that is, um, the town, a couple of towns away from where I live. So you could come to my crazy little world. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it all oh, in the background wow. again. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be on the UK run this time, but uh, I hopefully knock on one will be on the Joker's cruise in February. And um, yeah. I'm touring with them in the United States in August uh, and then pending on some other dates throughout the rest of the year. So definitely more Joker stuff to come. And I also shot a, a uh, special with Joe Gatto. Uh, based on a book I wrote when I was seven years old called The Mystery of the Man. And so that's going to be coming out hopefully before the end of the year. And we shot everything in New York and we're uh, going through the editing process now. Excellent. And now how about be released? How will it be released? Yeah. Uh, we're still working on that. I th we're, we have a couple of different options in play and we're kind of, uh, uh, we're playing with a couple different things, but as soon as we know, we're going to, uh, let everyone know how to, how to get it, but it's either going to be direct through our social media or uh, maybe on some type of like streaming type service, but we don't really know yet. Awesome. 
Yeah, because as a consumer of content, it is frustrating with the licensing and commercial side. Yeah. I was saying, uh, when I was with uh, Mike Polano and, and Mike Sapsic, uh, I was saying that I lived in Germany for four years and I really wanted to watch um, Tusk, but I could only get it streamed to me in German. There was no possible way for me to get it in English, and it was just because of the distribution uh, licensing. It's uh, The licensing and distribution is like a whole crazy world in a... I, I don't really. I, I usually try to stick to the jokes. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I really don't blame you. You know, it's a, it's a difficult world, and there's experts in it. And so, hopefully, you know, I just want to make a good product, and 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 hopefully, it will take care of itself in that way. But you know, you never know. All these things are, um, you know, you just try to do the best you can, and and hopefully, something will happen that's for the best for the project. You know. Yeah. And if we can't get it legally over here, you'll have to give everyone your PayPal address so we can slip you some uh, dollar. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'll be just by it. Yeah. I remember where I'm from, so I definitely will be pirating. Yeah. <laughs> it's like comic book men, isn't it? You know, everyone in the UK loves comic book men, yeah. but we never had a legal way of watching it. <laughs> no, we have now. It's on Amazon Prime. We have now. Yeah. Yeah, but it took a long time. Yeah. yeah. It, it took seven years, and they finished filming, so... You know, they're not making any more. So, and then we get it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just sort of going back to your sort of stand up jiggy. With regards to touring with the Impractical Jokers, there's sort of two questions in one here, but it's touring with the Impractical Jokers compared to your own, would you call it a set? Comedy set? Um, yeah, comedy. Oh, yeah. My, or my, my own shows, you mean? Like yeah. When I do my own shows? Yeah. yeah. Do you find that you sometimes have to alter it slightly for the crowd? Because obviously with the Impractical Jokers crowd, there is a lot of younger people there. Um, well, that's like, it, it, they shouldn't be there. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, <these> yeah, yeah. <laughs> shows are built to be, you know, I think they're 16 or 18 plus. But that yeah. said, there's only like, it's a small, 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 small fraction that you'll get like an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old at the show. Uh, that said, you know, my, my job as a support act in general, and especially working with them, I've been doing it for six years now. Yeah. You know, I take that seriously. I have a specific role in the show. And basically, uh, you know, I'm there to make sure that I can tee it up for them so they can be successful, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of bite the bullet of when people are like settling into their seats and anything that people get from me that if they become a fan or they really like what I do is a complete bonus, you know, it's, yeah. but I'm there to serve a purpose to get people ready to see them, to get people laughing, having fun. And uh, over those years, you know, I've, I've really learned how to do it successfully. And, and it's, it's, di- it is different than my own shows. Like when people come to see me, uh, they're coming to see me. And so I, I get to be mm. a little bit more playful and take more risks. And uh, they already know my comedy. But when I open for them, uh, you know, they, people might not necessarily know me. And plus, it's, yeah. I'm not the star of the show. And I, I know my place in the show. So I never try to make it all about me. I, I want to make sure that the audience knows that I know my role in the show. And that's very important to be successful opening in comedy is, is knowing your role in the show. And I think yeah. once people know that, they're willing to roll with you. Um, and and uh, and listen to what you have to say, and hopefully become a fan of, of me too. Yeah, because as a performer, it must be quite difficult for you know because anyone would struggle where you've got people going to their seats, they're talking amongst themselves, they're not paying attention to you, and yeah, you just have to let that roll over you. Whereas in your normal sets, if you were doing the comedy circuits, you might be more inclined to bite and you know take them to task for being mm. disruptive. But, you know, in that environment, you can't. I will say I can't even 
count how many shows I've done with the Jokers, but a lot. And I've never had a rude audience. And I mean that. So like, yeah, I've never, I don't have to worry about people talking through my set or like people being loud or the good thing about comedy shows is very different than music, for example, is when the show starts at a comedy show, the lights go down, people get excited and they listen to everything I have to say. You know, you might still have like, you know, five or 10% of the crowd who files in as I'm on stage, but everyone is listening. And I'm very lucky with that. I have friends who open for big artists in music and it's not the same respect yeah. talking about or walking around or drinking or uh, there's no engagement. You're basically background music yeah. or yeah. people waiting to see their, their band. So, but in comedy, the, the show is a show. And if you're funny, you're funny. And I, I, I'm lucky that I don't have to deal with people not paying attention. That's never been a problem on, on the Joker's tour. It's more about just like knowing that, you know, people aren't there to see me, you know, I, yeah. and you have to know that. So, yeah. you know, they're there, they paid big money to see someone other than me. And just acknowledging that helps the show. Um, it, it helps my role be as good as it can be, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And also having seen you like on the Impractical Jokers cruise, you're quite a bouncy, bubbly character as well. So I can't imagine that anyone wouldn't want to sit there and watch you, you know, because you're very, <laughs> you know, you're very sort of like your bouncy, happy way, you know, you're, um, sort of out there, you know, I, I, I honestly, I try to have a good time on the, the things I try to do in, in my, my standup act is, um, I try to be as present as I possibly can. So acknowledging the things that are happening around me, which I think is important yeah. in comedy. And I do try to be, I, I try to tell stories that are, are fun and, and come from a good place. You know, I think there's enough dark things that are happening in the world that like, hopefully if you're at a show of mine or any comedy show, in my opinion, that you should leave feeling better than you came in. So I, I really take that to yeah. heart. and I, I want people to have a good time and, and be playful and, and have a good time with me when I'm on stage. With regards to venues, do you prefer the bigger audience or do you prefer the sort of comedy clubs which are a little bit more intimate or have you got no preference whatsoever? Um, well, the honest answer is like the bigger the venue, it's like it feels good for like your ego. <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels like yeah. better. Yeah. Um, but in my honest opinion, it doesn't mean that the show is overall better. So I don't know if that makes sense. But, you know, if if you yeah. do like the O2 Arena, for example, you know, you take pictures there and it feels like you really did something. And of course you did. But joke for joke, you know, you might do a show with 200 people that might be a better show. So to me, mm. to me, like comedy is sometimes a condition of the room. And you, I, I've had hot rooms of like two or 300 people or less that I was like, man, this is some of the most fun I've ever had on stage. And I've performed in front of five to 10, 15,000 where like, I don't even know if I'm doing well because you can't even hear the crowd reaction because they're so far away. So yeah. And there's that delay as well, isn't there? With the laughter that obviously comes forward. Yeah. yeah. There, there's definitely a delay. And like, you know, I think when people are 200 meters away from you, it, like their engagement is different than if they're 10 feet away. So you know, I appreciate doing big shows and working with the Jokers and like, that's like an unbelievable feeling and experience. But I also value doing small intimate shows with a really passionate crowd for me, particularly, you know, and so yeah. to me, I think they, they both have value. And I've been lucky, like most people don't get to be on the stages that I get to be on. So that's like a blessing in itself. And I, I really appreciate every opportunity I have with that. And then when I come and I do smaller shows, like the London show is not a big show, but it's one of my favorite shows to do of the year, you know, because I the engagement and the, the passion of the audience is uh, very high. 
and that makes the show i think yeah. a lot a lot of fun yeah yeah definitely and um with regards to your london show again sorry going back to that very quickly but is um are you going to be having um other comedians coming up again or are you trying to keep it a surprise as to what you're going to be doing because i don't want to ruin anything um i the london show is very different for me so it's it's one of the only shows of the year that i do and i think of it almost like a variety show so i have different elements of the okay. show and like as i did last year this year i'll have at least one or two other stand-up comics performing i'm hoping fingers crossed uh, I hope I'm not letting anything out of the bag, but I'm hoping that uh, Darren Wearmouth co-wrote uh, The Awakened Books with James Murray. I think he's going to be there, and hopefully we can do something together on stage. So it's really going to be a hodgepodge of um, different elements, uh, but all all comedy and stand-up related. Ah, brilliant. Yeah, because I was just thinking about that as well, because obviously last year, you know, you had quite a few comedians coming up beforehand didn't you and and like you said it is a massive party like it's just from start to finish it is a lot of fun so yeah um where can people find tickets for that um there the tickets are online through a service called a 10 star um all the tickets are purchased actually um in u.s dollars and converted into British pounds. But uh, the easiest way, honestly, it kills two birds with one stone. If anyone listens, wants to come out to this show, follow me on Instagram uh, at Jiggy Comedy, like getting jiggy with it. Yeah. Follow me already and send me a direct message. I'm, I answer all direct messages, um, especially when it comes to uh, anything in London and with this show. And I'll personally send yep. you uh, the link and information to come out. So that's the best way to uh, to find out tickets. And plus, I'll get to talk to you a little before you come to. Yeah. Good man. Good man. And just on the subject of uh, comedy still, have you uh, got any plans to sort of do things like Just for Laughs or Edinburgh Festival? Is that something on your horizon? Um, just for Laughs, I would, I would love to do. It's a very difficult festival to be invited to. Um, Edinburgh, I have had some offers to do Edinburgh, but I think I've talked about it on some other podcasts. It's, it's a very difficult festival to execute, uh, because it's very expensive and Edinburgh locks you into doing like 40, 50 shows in a month. Uh, yeah. and you, you, you can't really separate and just do a couple of shows. You have to be there for a full month. So as an American, um, you have to have someone either back you with like 10, 20 grand to go do that. Um, and you're not, and you're not really guaranteed to make anything there. So, for me, I, I like uh, coming in August and doing my shows in London. I've done the Camden Fringe Festival, which is in London as well. But for me, I like doing just a few uh, shows. And it, it's a little more efficient for me to come across and and work on one show instead of like having 40 or 50 with um, the possibility of like going broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the US, they do like the, the comedy festivals. Is there a like, comedy festival circuit in the US? Yeah, there is. And comedy festivals, I think a lot of comics have a love-hate relationship with them because most of the time you make little to no money. You have to travel on your own to get there. And the benefits are kind of a lot of it smoke and mirrors. Like, you know, people do comedy festivals and you network with other comedians, which is, you know, good. But, you know, a lot of times they bill like you never know who's going to be in the audience or maybe you can get booked from a Comedy Central guy or whatever. But um, you know, that, that's not the scenario that pans out for most people. So festivals, I have a love hate thing. You know, to me, I rather produce my own stuff. Um, and if I get asked to do it, as long as it makes financial sense, I would, I would do it for the social aspects. But, um, I, I don't think that like a lot of people get out of them what they think they're going to get. Into yeah. So I try to go in with low expectations. Yeah. Shame that there's no comic con for comedy where you could uh, get paid to go and, uh, do that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, some festivals pay a little bit, but it's uh, it just depends on which one. And and like like any other type of festival, like there's some really great ones, and there's some that are kind of whatever. So it just depends on 
when and where it is. Um, but I'm, I'm in, I'm currently have the possibility of doing a couple of festivals, uh, this fall. So we'll see what, how it pans out. And is Edinburgh unique? Cause if I understand it, Edinburgh is one of these ones where your show has to be only for Edinburgh. You can do your practice shows beforehand, but it's only for Edinburgh. <laughs> is that right? Um, yeah, Edinburgh is the biggest and it's just, I think it, they're, the way that they set it up, I, I think there's a lot of different ways to like play Edinburgh, and there's people who do pretty well with it, and there's shows that have come out of there that have done really, really well. But um, you know, it's just the time; it's it's just a long time to be there, and um, that I think is what kind of wanes on me to like do it because it's just so many shows, and and you you have to pay up to perform there, and you're not really guaranteed to like anyone will come see you, so. It's just, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of risks to do Edinburgh, and um, but I, it's definitely a possibility in the future to do it. That sounds good. Yeah. And um, I also noticed on your website, there was a mention for American Cancer Benefit, and I just wondered what, what that was all about. Uh, yeah, this is the second year in a row. Um, I do a show at the Friars Club in Manhattan uh, every September. This is the second September, uh, and uh, all the ticket money goes to the American Cancer Society, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun show. We, I bring in a couple of other comedian friends and there's, uh, prize giveaways and raffles and they take the money from all that and, and they donate it to the American Cancer Society, which is, uh, you know, it's a really good cause yeah. and they're really good people behind it. So it's, it's, it's definitely a fun show. If anyone's in the States uh, that would want to go, um, that's a good one to come out to for sure. Yeah. Cause obviously it's, uh, you know, it's one of those big, unfortunately diseases that has touched a lot of people, but yeah. it is just one of those good things, you know, that you can lend yourself to, you know, like a cause like that to help raise money. I think that's very, um, admirable. So thank you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, my dad passed a cancer. So I mean, I'm, I'm English, but you know, <laughs> you know, so do it for the English people is like, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, like anything that's sort of related to cancer, you know, I sort of do try to support. So, you know, I thought James just clapped then, but he didn't. <laughs> kind of, kind of. Stomping around the room again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he ruined my beautiful moment. Did you say that this is the second year that you've done it? Sorry. Yes, it's a second year, third show. Oh, that's brilliant. So it's, uh, yeah, it should be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. How long are you going to be in the UK for? I'm going to be in Italy for a week. Uh, and then I'm going to Berlin for three days and then coming into London for a long weekend. So Friday through Monday. Excellent. Yeah. So it should be fun. I'm hoping to see you guys at the show. I need verbal commitments from everyone. Everyone's coming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> certainly, certainly going to do my best. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to do my best. You just sold it to everyone and you're not even going to come. I'll, uh, I'll have to review the situation. Oh man. <laughs> this well. I mean, you know, <laughs> we did this last time that, you know, at the end of the episode, I might commit. <laughs> no, I'll be there. I'll be there. I hope so. It's a lot of fun. I put a lot of time into it and I, I hope to see you guys uh, there so I can, can meet you chaps in person and then see you again as well. Yeah. <laughs> James is that bit further. So, you know, there's no definite guarantee for, for 
James. I'm sorry to speak for you there, James. I'm it's all right, I will, but I, I will see what I can do. Yeah, we'd love to have you guys down there. We'd love to have you for the show. Yeah, well, we'd love to meet each other as well. So, um, <laughs> you guys have never met each other? Nope. Nope. Well, no. Uh, not all three. We've not met as a, not not all three of us. No. Hey. All right. Well, <laughs> it sounds like we're going to have to have a rendezvous August 24th in London. Sounds like a plan. Well, we'll we will on a serious note though. We'll do everything we can to get that. That'd be great. That'd be great. I'll move to washing my hair until the 25th. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew. I'll my migraine for the 23rd. <laughs> sort of moving on, we've got a couple of listener questions because I put out some tweets and like, on Instagram and Facebook and things just asking if anybody had any questions for you, Jiggy. So if you don't mind, can we move on to those questions? Sure, of course. Yeah, okay, cool. So we've got a tweet from Amy Harrington, who is at Amy, A-I-M-E-E-3223 on Twitter. And she put, who have you enjoyed working with? Um, in stand-up? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, obviously the Jokers are, it's, uh, goes without saying. I mean, that's been, uh, that's obviously been the best part of my stand-up career is, is getting in touch with them. And they're, they're great guys and great guys to work with. So, I mean, I think that goes without saying. Outside of that, like, um, you know, my longtime collaborator, um, my friend John Kilmer, who's a, who's a brilliant filmmaker and uh, musician. He's, he's just been a great person to work with. And, you know, some people might be known with some of his work and we produced a film together that's on the festival circuit now. And he's just been a great person to work with and everyone should know him in some way, like, or look him up, John Kilmer on Twitter or YouTube. He's just a, he's a great guy and a good person to work with and good friend. Uh, when it comes to other stand-ups, I mean, uh, one that comes to mind, uh, lastly would be, uh, Theo Vaughn, who's like, he's now really blown up, uh, across the world. And, um, I met him about three or four years ago and he's a, just a great guy and couldn't be funnier and, and someone who I've worked with on the road too. And I just have like such a great time working with him and, and someone who makes me, uh, makes me laugh just by not even trying. So I think that would probably be my three. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, because there's obviously different varieties there. But um, with regards to the the film that you were just talking about, what is that film called? Uh, the film is called The Primrose, and uh, we shot the film in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I was um, the producer of the movie um, and also helped with the writing and direction. Um, the movie is available. Uh, we're touring it through festivals right now, but also if you go through the same channels of uh, – DMing me on social media, I'm actually can send you a private link to watch the movie, which I've been doing. So we're not putting it on any streaming services right now, but I'm sending it privately out to people and we've sent it out to thousands of people and, um, just trying to get it out there. But we shot the whole thing on a shoestring budget. It was all, uh, fan, um, fan and funded. And, um, you know, we're really proud of it. So if anyone wants to watch, watch it you can dm me uh at jiggy comedy on instagram i'd be happy to send you a link of it brilliant thank you i think you might be getting three um dms <laughs> very soon oh yes. yeah <laughs> it does. absolutely yeah be happy to send it over it might have to be twitter as well as instagram though if that's okay no worries no worries yeah yeah that's cool <laughs> the other person who sent some messages in is my friend lucy um, her Twitter handle, and this is possibly going to be the first time that I'm saying it correctly, is uh, Kitonius. Did I do that right, 
Andy? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, cool. Well, Lucy will soon tell me if I've done it wrong. So she's at Katonius on Twitter. Her questions are, so she's got three of them. If there was a Jiggy cruise, like the Joker's cruise, who would Jiggy, so who would you want as his special guests? Money is no object and could be anyone. Comedians, music, sports stars, celebrities, etc. Oh, God, well, that's a tough question. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. I mean, I definitely want Theo Vaughn on there. Um, I would have... Uh, Jim Carrey yeah. would be on there. Um, Dane Cook would be on my cruise. Music-wise, I'd probably want to have... I'd probably have a very soulful cruise. I'd have like a lot of R&B artists. I'd want like Usher on there, Chris Brown, uh, Janet Jackson. Um, yeah, I mean, that's like so tough. That's a pretty good start, though. I mean, that gives a lot of... That, that is a very start. good start. Yeah, that's all right. You can you can get your thinking cap on, um, you know, like if you come back next year on this uh, podcast, you know, maybe we'll ask the question again and you have a, bit, a few more people, yeah? And that told you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean, like, I'll give you a year to think about it. <laughs> but you have to think about it continuously. <laughs> plenty of time, plenty of time. <laughs> Yeah, but then that definitely is a good start off list. Right, her next question is, what's Jiggy Nando's all about? Do they not have overpriced spicy chicken in the US? Uh-huh. <laughs> she put a laughing emoji. <laughs> I love Nando's and like we uh, we really don't have it in, in the US. There's only a few stores in the Washington DC area. So um, it's become a little bit of a tradition whenever I come over to do shows that I always have a Nando's meetup. So anyone who comes to the show, uh, we all meet up and go to a Nando's and hang out. So we've been doing that for the last three or four years and uh i'm gonna try to continue that this year as well i just love nando's and i think it's a fun place and it, and everyone always i sometimes people send me sauces from nando's which is much appreciated and uh yeah i'm just a big nando's fan i love nando's sauce peri peri let's go yeah <laughs> i'm i'm more of a mild herb version of nando's <laughs> personally speaking but um you know still i do agree i enjoy it as well so there's, a, there's nothing wrong with a bit of chicken, is there? No, there isn't. Well, and Lucy's also asked, we kind of touched, touched upon it already, but obviously you're coming back to the UK. Do you have any plans to visit anywhere outside of London? I, um, she means within the UK. So as in like Birmingham, which is also home to the, the master debaters. So yeah, I know you kind of know those guys as well. And, um, you know, like other cities in the uk um not on this trip but uh on the last time i was there in september with the book tour with james i i did a you know we went to birmingham manchester liverpool um went up to scotland and glasgow and edinburgh and so i saw a lot of the country that way and um uh, but this trip i think it's just gonna be london and then i uh i head back to the states yeah i think that's fair enough isn't it really um and her final one which she did mention as a joke which was Fuck, marry, kill, Gemma, <laughs> James, or Andy. <laughs> oh God! Well, tread lightly and carefully. <laughs> I've never seen James. I've only I. He didn't want to be seen on the Skype, so I think he's out. He has to be killed. Oh, I have no physical attachment. I can't even see his face. <laughs> um, I'd marry you, Gemma, because uh, you're a girl. Oh, oh thank you. It's so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Andy are going to be getting on. Andy, you look, you look your <laughs> best. Get it on. 
how it goes. Yeah. I'll just grab my ankle, Stiggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's well and truly taking one for the team. I love the fact, though, that none of us reacted to James being killed. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, oh, James. I didn't even react to it. <laughs> <laughs> see, I told you you should have come on camera. You see? Oh, no. Then we don't need to see that, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> You're, I could have saved your life. Well, you know, sometimes you got to go. So, you know, might as well go with a bag. <laughs> uh, well, that's all my questions answered. Apart from the jokey one that came from our network boss at No Phony of, who is he? <laughs> <laughs> and to which obviously I responded to that email, <laughs> that, um, that tweet. Well, they wouldn't be the only one. We're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, James or Andy, have you got any other questions that you wanted to ask or anything? I think you've, you've done a sterling job and the stuff you've already asked. So really, you've covered up everything I would want to know. Oh, I'll have my cooking and uh, comedy ones answered. All right. Brilliant. Well, unless, Jiggy, have you got anything that you would like to promote before we sort of end the episode? Uh, no, I just, I hope you guys come out to, um, the show on the 24th in August. And like I said, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jiggy Comedy, so J-I-G-G-Y Comedy. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope everyone can come out to the show on the 24th. I'm looking forward to another fun year, and um, hopefully see all you three at the show as well. Excellent. Well, fingers crossed. Brilliant. Okay, brilliant. And um, so, <laughs> sorry, for some reason I've drawn a blank on how we do the outro, for Christ's sake, and my brain's just literally gone... Pfft. So I think we've been talking enough Codswallop this week. You've been Gemma, he's been James, <laughs> Andy, that's been Jiggy. Hey! <laughs> All right, I'll leave that in. Thank you very much for doing that, Andy, because I did draw a blank for a second there. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, it's not like I don't do it every week. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Talking Codswallow podcast, live from Southwest England, home of murder, torture, and the bubonic plague. This is Jiggy, stand-up comedian from New York City. I hope you enjoyed this episode and all episodes of Talking Codswallop. Mahalo. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I just like the fact that you focused on me, your bride. <laughs> yeah.